0: And so that was sort of my first taste of this idea that, you know, actually taking these breaks made me more productive.
1: Welcome back to the Faculty Factory podcast, everybody. It's Kim Skorupsky from Hopkins, and we are doing the Triple H, the habits and hacks from Hopkins. And on today's episode, we have Dr. Gabriella Cantorero. Gabriella, hello. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hi. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Well, I'm so pleased you decided to join us because I know you have something interesting to share with us. I remember you in our leadership courses and all the offerings we have in the OFD. I always see your smiling, happy face. You're one of the few people who always has your camera on. So I always appreciate that being the extrovert person that I am to see you. And so what habits and hacks did you want to share with the podcast audience today?
0: Thank you for acknowledging that as a fellow extrovert. I know how it feels to be staring at you know, quote, unquote, a room of just blank screens is just the most awkward thing. So I'm glad I'm happy to help anytime by turning on my camera for you.
1: Thank you. Um, Hang on a second. I just forgot to introduce you. I want you to tell people who you are here at Hopkins, what you do, your expertise.
0: Yeah, so I'm a assistant professor in the physical medicine and rehabilitation department. I've been at Hopkins as a faculty a little over three years now. And I've had sort of I guess, quite the zigzag life in terms of where my academic interests have gone. But I would say overall, I've always sort of had an interest in motor control and motor learning. So I did my PhD in neuroscience, and I began with studying some of the neurophysiological mechanisms associated with retention of motor learning. Later on, I ended up actually serving as an Army scientist. So I worked at Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. And there I started doing work studying the effects of repetitive concussions on Things like motor control and motor learning, and then when I came back to Hopkins now as an assistant professor, then my work started evolving more into the brain-machine interface project. So there again, I'm I'm interested in understanding the neurophysiology of motor control and motor learning, but now using sort of a what I I feel like is a more sci-fi approach in the sense that now I can you know look at actual neuronal recordings inside of humans um, and getting the a, a chance to kind of peek under the hood. Uh, in terms of what physiological processes happen, whereas before I always had to kind of look at it through a more non-invasive means. So, yeah, so that brings me to today. And basically, I would say in terms of my hacks in, in life is I know myself to always be kind of like a gold star achiever. Mm-hmm. So I can remember back from elementary school, like for me, when the teacher was like, all right, if you do this thing, I will give you a gold star for me, having that sort of like here's a task and there's a reward, uh-huh. uh, is is kind of like always resonated with me. My my personality has always sort of thrived off of that like do the work and you get some sort of reward. And so, unfortunately, as I've gotten older in life and became you know now faculty, no one gives me gold stars anymore. You know, no matter <laughs> what I do, it's few and far between. So I but You're giving, you're kind of giving me different. an
1: idea for the opposite faculty development. Maybe this is we can get talk talk about getting oh, back to basics. <laughs>
0: I would love it. I would love it if, you know, at the end of the year, when you get your review, there's like, all right, here's your gold stars, for things that you've been doing well. I would love it. I would eat that up. That would make me so happy.
1: That or, or um, that in an OFD, like a, a virtual refrigerator door so that everybody yes. can get a magnet with all their great stuff magnetized and taped to the refrigerator door. There you go. There's a great virtual refrigerator door idea.
0: <laughs> yes. So I I would be the first one to sign up for that if that ever comes to fruition. But basically, I had to kind of learn ways that I could do that for myself. And I've, I've sort of set it up in a way that I think actually makes me feel a lot more productive throughout the day. So typically what I do is I might have my list of like certain tasks that I'm hoping to get done in that day or certain like small baby steps that I want to do. However, I always give myself like a little bit of a treat of what I get to do once I finish that task. However, what I use for a treat is maybe, maybe it's particular to me. I don't know if other people feel this way as well. But one of the things that I I find that sort of helps relax me or helps kind of balance me from science is sort of doing very like hands-on physical tasks. Because one of the things that sometimes is fun, but also frustrating with science is that you can spend a lot of time working on a problem, trying to solve a problem, and you don't necessarily have, like, here's my finished product right away. You know, that can take weeks, months, or even years, right. depending on what it is that you're trying to produce. And so for me, I need more instant gratification. So doing things like building a piece of furniture, for example, I find super rewarding. Why? Because a it's like, <laughs> just entered I kid you whole... not. <laughs> you build a <laughs>
1: Furniture. I'd this is a first on the faculty factory podcast of hearing what faculty members do. You build so you are super tactile.
0: Well, yeah. So it is, I, I, I would describe it more as like household booties. So, you know, something where it's like I put in the time and I, I have like an immediate finished product. So like constructing something I love. So like putting together a piece of furniture or cleaning a counter something where I'm like, all right, here, I see the counter. I have like, I spend X amount of time cleaning it and then it's done. And I have that sort of instant gratification of, look, I accomplished it. You know, here, check that item off my box. I've done something. I see. And so, yeah, I interspersed that actually throughout my day. And so the funny thing was, you know, when I used to go into the lab, into the office, you know, it was it's a little bit trickier to find these sort of like instant gratification tasks. You know, it would be something like, oh, clean this part of my desk or oh, I get to like go water my plants or actually realistically, what I used to really enjoy doing is like I could go for a run. So if I completed a task, you know, my reward was I got to go to the gym, you know, do a run, lift some weights or something like that. And then I would come back to the lab or the office and then, you know, do whatever the next task was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Working from home has actually increased my ability to do that tenfold. And it's weird because I feel like it's actually helped improve my productivity unexpectedly. So it's sort of like I'll have little chunks throughout the day where it's like, all right, I need to sit down and I need to, you know, review this this student's paper. Like, that's the task. And then I'll say, all right, after I finish the task, you know what, I've been like, you know, doing this household project of like staining my fence. This is a true story. I've spent a lot of time staining, you know, the this outdoor space. And so I'll be like, all right, once I review this paper, I can stain one panel. Oh and so gosh. I have sort of it, it's you know, and it and it's 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 weird. It's like almost like therapeutic, where it requires a zero thought. Like I'm just kind of doing some mundane task. And then when it's done, I can step back and be like, ah, oh, yes. Accomplishment. I finished this panel, I'm one step closer to finishing. You know, staining my whole entire back fence. Wow. And then, you know, I go back and I'll have another thing that I'm working on. And then this time, you know, let's say I'm, I'm submitting an abstract for something. So once I finish working on, you know, let's say a draft. So my goal is to get a draft for this abstract. I finished the abstract draft and then my, my reward is I can go for that run. You know, I, I'm really close to a park so I can just step outside and it doesn't have to be an insanely long run. It's just, you know, maybe a couple of miles. And then I come back and it's, it's just like, it resets me. Mm. So then when I come back to sit down, like I feel refreshed, I feel sort of like ready to tackle the next project. And it's, it's just sort of like alternating back and forth between just spending a lot of time really concentrating on, you know, sort of a work task and then having a little break where I get to leave my desk, clean the kitchen, maybe go for a run Assemble some furniture piece that's been hanging out in my garage or, you know, I love purging. I've gotten really into purging things that I don't need in the house. So I get to walk around and find a few more things that I want to purge and donate to Goodwill. And then I switch back and I do my work. So it just makes me feel so productive, like yeah. not only in my work life, but then in my home life because things get cleaned so much more regularly than when I used to go into lab. Or, you know, my, my exercise routine, like I just, I can just insert it in the middle of the day, which I find actually so much more useful than when I do it at the end of the end day. Of day. Yeah. So like if I, if I go for a run, you know, at two in the afternoon and I come back and I sit back down at my desk by three, it's like, whew, I have just like reset. I'm ready to tackle something else mm-hmm. versus when I would spend, you know, the whole day at work mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't go to the gym until like six. And then, you know, you you do get this kind of like burst of energy, but now that burst of energy is like just to go home and hang out or cook dinner or something like that. And I, I've even been like trying out all these new kind of kooky recipes where normally, you know, I come home from work and I only have a half hour, maybe an hour to cook something. And so it sort of like limits what I can do. But now I can be like, all right, I'm going to try some new crazy recipe that maybe it has to marinate for a few hours. And so it's one of my breaks. Yeah. I do my work and then I get to go downstairs, make my marinade, shove some chicken in there, throw it in the fridge. Uh-huh. And then by the end of the evening, it's actually ready. Well, it's been surprisingly cool.
1: <laughs> I, I I think I find this fascinating on so many levels, Gabriela, And one that pops into my mind is you're describing exactly what the um, psychologists talk about and when you do make create new habits or to create a habit where like for example charles mm-hmm. Duhigg in the power of habit he talks about this loop of there's a cue there's the behavior and then the reward and that you know gets us in this kind of positive reinforcement loop of enjoying what we're doing and you've described that perfectly and and obviously identify those rewards that work for you. So I share your interest in fitness and running and working out. And that's also been my reward at the end of the day, back mm-hmm. in the olden days when we went into an office space. But like to me to stain a fence deck, that would be like the most punishing thing, which cause I did it and it had to do three coats over three weekends. And I thought if I ever have to do this again in my life, I will pay thousands of dollars. Maybe not thousands, but I'd pay easily a thousand dollars for someone to do this for me because I was I hated it. But what what I find fast fascinating about the way you describe this is that it's so on the surface, so simple because we hear about this our whole lives of like, take breaks, you know, get up, get a drink of water. Um, every five minutes, you know, stop looking at your screen. And we are like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. We, we know that we're supposed to do these things to socialize, to get up, to stretch, to move, to, to breathe, to think, to whatever, but we don't do them. And this pandemic, I think has forced a lot of us. Yeah. I guess forced us into thinking differently and what you're what you've described to me is just such a, a natural way of being for you because so many of us have forced ourselves into these prescribed workday schedules of being in the office in, at this time in the morning and working all day and then leaving at the end of the day and then cramming life in around that prescribed formula of the way one works. And you've, you're describing something that is just obviously much more natural and organic and it feels good and it fits in with your biorhythms and your circadian rhythms and just the way you 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 work. And so to me, this is again, another example of a silver lining uh, of this mm-hmm. whole crazy year showing that there are other ways of being and doing. And I share your assessment in productivity. I feel way more productive since I've been at home I'm way lonelier but I'm also more productive because I don't have the interruptions and the 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 running physically running from meeting to meeting to meeting and so I just I on so many different levels what you've described I think is just it's it's simple and yet it is profound
0: Yeah I think that what sort of the ironic thing was is I used to feel sort of guilty about it but in reality it's I really do find that Let's say back when I was a graduate student where there was sort of this mentality like, you know, you need to be in the lab all day, every day. And, you know, if you're leaving really early or if you're going to go leave during the work day to work out, it's like you're sneaking out of the lab. You should be just chained to your desk. And there was sort of this mentality that if you're not like slaving over your computer or slaving over in the lab, it's like somehow you're being a slacker. Right. And it was actually, um, when I went to, to work with the army, That broke me of that mentality because one of the, one of the things I think that they do right there is this mentality that, you know, if you're physically fit, Mm -hmm. you're, you're better adept at being able to do your job. So I would have actually, actually like mandatory exercise. At yeah, three in the they take PT
1: in the morning. And my sister is in the Marines and she, the same thing when in the reserves, I thought, I said, you get paid to work out? And she said, well, yeah, no, that's that's part of our job. Yeah. And I said, my gosh, I wish I got paid to work out. But you're right. It's just a mindset of you can't do your job unless you're fit.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing that I found when that would happen, and this is where I had that epiphany is that, you know, I'd go do my physical fitness, like workout in the middle of the afternoon, and then I would go right back to the lab. And I was just like, man, it's like night and day, how productive I am in the afternoon after I've gone and worked out versus when I don't. Mm. And so that was sort of my first taste of this idea that like, you know, actually taking these breaks made me more productive. And what I noticed too is like, you know, before where I'd be sort of like a slave to my desk working, you know, in the lab, I would spend a lot of time just kind of like, surfing the internet or facebook or something cuz it's like my body needed that break but then i i felt this requirement that i needed to stay at my desk mm. and so it was even though i was sitting there and spending all these hours i still wasn't being more productive and in right. fact then when i started creating these habits of actually taking a real physical break and then coming back and then seeing how i was productive immediately and i stopped it sort of broke me of these habits of like you know doing mundane surfing of the internet and then when COVID happened and now I was forced to be in my house and not even go into lap and board, it kind of even made it more extreme mm. where now it was like, all right, I do my little bouts of like intense work. And then I have for me at immediately after my reward, well, I get to go do some laundry. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned sort of that, that habit for me, but what I try to do is make it like very easy for me to do whatever that task is. So if, for example, you know, after doing, working on an abstract, I'm like, that's where I'm going to go for a run. I put on my clothes, my gym clothes before I even sit down to the computer. So then literally when I've done, all I have to do is just like get up and go out the door. There's like no, there's no momentum that I need to do. Or like if my goal is to like clean the floor or something, it's just the broom is out there sitting so that as soon as I'm done, I just pick it up and I can just sweep this little area. And it's like the path of resistance to do the task. I make it as low as possible. Wow.
1: So you there isn't preparation involved in this. This is not just a random way of being. You, you've thought this out and set up the reinforcements decisively and very um, thoughtfully.
0: Yeah. And then I, I think too, it's like you start to crave it. Mm. So, you know, then like, it sounds kind of weird, but you know, when I was first sort of like using the running as a reward, for after doing work, then after sort of getting the habit, then I started to sort of like crave it mm-hmm. and be like, oh man, I'm getting like amped. I'm soon going to get to like go outside and run around. <laughs> Whereas before I was like, all right, like let's just make it, you know, as easy as possible for me to go from sitting here to then going outside. There's like nothing else for me to do other than stand up and go like I'm right. dressed and ready. That bias, um,
1: bias so to yeah. action. bias to action. I love that too. Remove, remove oh. any... Um, obstacle and, and, an obstacle involves thought obstacles. Cause as soon there's another yeah. book, something like seven seconds to something that if you start saying, am I gonna run? Should I run? I don't know. Is it cold? Am I hot? Am I feeling? Am I hungry? Once you start asking yourself if you're gonna do it, you're giving yourself all kinds of reasons to not do it. So this bias to action is you don't even think about it. I'm running. And, and before you know it, you're, yeah. you're let your brain stay back at home and ponder if you should or shouldn't, but your feet are out the door hitting the street.
0: I think that's actually a, exactly how it feels. Like it's just, it's automatic. Yeah, Like even if it's raining, I don't think like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, no, nope, I'm just out the door. Like yeah. that's just it. Decisions yeah. have already been made. There's, there's nothing to argue. <laughs>
1: right, right. I love that. You know, and you have just made me think of something that I think will uh, require a longer conversation. Maybe somebody out there listening to the Faculty Factory podcast with Dr. Canarero will help us think about this, or you can come back online. But I was on a call last week, and they split us into breakout rooms. And a guy in my breakout room, we were asked to you know introduce ourselves, la, la, la. And he starts talking. He says, yeah... Well, since COVID, I've, you know, we really had to do more service. We're uh, a lot more patient care. I got pulled into this, that, and the other. And he said, I don't get to stay home. And he said, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't say that, get to stay home. But clearly there was that kind of his impression was, you know, the PhDs, the, the, the basic scientists get to stay home. And they are on the front lines, you know. God bless them, handling and dealing with all the stress and anxiety and fear of COVID and infection and no PPE and all all the you know the the stressors, the horror that goes with um, this. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. And it's and I've been really thinking on that because there's kind of it sets this kind of a scenario does set up this kind of distinction between the people who are clinicians and those who are. And they may be some envy of, wow, it's nice that you PhDs get to stay home and do research. I remember back when I used to do research, but I'm too busy saving people's lives. And you're making me think about when you're talking about your habits and this bias to action and how you flip the switch and re-engage yourself and reinforce your, give yourself rewards that then recharges your battery. And it's making me think, surely our clinicians have the same preferences and rhythms and and instincts and things that fill up their batteries and recharge their their minds and their energy. Why do we force ourselves into doing patient care during the day? It just kind of just blew my Mm -hmm. mind. This is something that I'm sure people listening to this kind of like think, oh please, they're maybe disconnecting right now. But for crying out loud and I know there's some clinics and hospitals and private practices surely that have off hours, but why do we feel like clinicians have to jam all the procedures in at, oh, dark 30 in the morning and stop seeing Mm -hmm. patients at three, four in the afternoon, because certainly you know patients have the same kind of uh, rhythms that go 24 hours a day, why are, why can't we do surgeries that start at seven o'clock at night? and why can't some clinicians come and start their see patients at one in the afternoon and go till nine at night? And, and, I'm, and I'm speaking admittedly from some amount of ignorance because some people are probably screaming going, "We do that!" But it seems to be a <laughs> patient hospital experience that I've had firsthand, secondhand, thirdhand when everybody I know has lately has been in the hospital you know, those hospitals are like, you know, quiet for the most part, other than the ED, God bless the people Mm -hmm. in the ED. It's dark and quiet. People are working mostly during the day. Can we, can you envision a scenario where we've had the clinicians who have the same privileges of being able to say, I've seen, you know, eight patients, I'll need to go out for a run, come back, see eight more, you know, go lift weights, come back, see six more. I mean, can we do that? Can you imagine that kind of a scenario?
0: So, I mean, I personally, I think that would be a great way to go. Again, I don't know all of sort of like the logistics that go into, you know, running these hospitals, but I do think it would be something that would be really helpful for clinicians too if they had a little bit more autonomy of their schedule. So, you know, like you said, if you need to see eight patients in a day, set it up so it's like, all right, you see a few in the morning and then they have a break in the afternoon where they can, you know, run errands, do a workout, whatever it is that rejuvenates them. And then they come back and they do a few more in the afternoon, have another break to do whatever, and then come back and do the, the rest in the evening. I know for me, like that, that works really well. So I, I would say maybe my days are a little bit longer than what I would typically be in the lab, but it's because I have those breaks in between. Yeah. So instead of just working, you know, whatever, nine hours continuously, and just being done by a certain time of day by saying, all right, I'm going to do a little bit here in the morning, do my thing that recharges me, come back do some more work in the afternoon, do my thing that recharges me and then come back and do a little bit more in the evening. And then let me tell you, when I disconnect, I'm like, Oh, I, I was good. I was productive.
1: Yeah. I'm the same way. And now that it's home, it's a lot easier for me. And admittedly, again, my bias, I need to tell people I live alone. I don't have kids or a partner. So I have My schedule is my own, so I can like work Mm -hmm. on a Saturday morning and a Sunday afternoon, and it's easy for me to just work seven days a week, and I feel energetic to do that, and I feel inspired to do that, and I don't resent doing that when I am interspersing my life during the week, when I I see, actually, for the first time in seven and a half years working at Hopkins, I'm at home where I have a window. I actually have a couple windows, Mm -hmm. so uh, I'm not in a dark office I can actually see sunshine, which then makes me want to go outside and breathe some air. So I, I'm, I'm thinking that, of course, any clinicians and surgeons and other practitioners are furious at us right now because they're like, you don't recognize the fact that it'd be nice to be able to do a surgery at five in the afternoon, but we have staff and we have all the people who clean the operating rooms and there's a ton of yeah. nursing and support staff that go in with processing the patient and and transport there. It's so, so complex. and I get that, but mm-hmm. I, I can't help, but be one of these, I'm one of these, I'm an Aquarius, so I can't help, but think of like the, like what could be versus what is that we could totally, mm-hmm. why not 2020? Let's just flip everything, you know, around. I'm sure there'd be a lot of patients <laughs> who would also say, sure. I'd love to have my doctor's appointment at nine o'clock at night. Cause then I, that way I don't have to miss work. You know? Um, mm-hmm. so I just, I think it's something to think about that, um, might help to improve morale of clinicians and staff people and, you know, anybody who works in, in healthcare and certainly patients to be a little bit creative. And now that we're doing zoom things and telehealth, I mean, everything's upside down anyway, right?
0: Yeah. Now's the time to dream. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, if there is a way to, to, you know, logistically figure something out like that, I, I do think it could help improve the quality of life, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and improve a lot of this like burnout that clinicians feel just because it, it's hard to be on consistently for that many hours in a row and, and really have right, no say about it.
1: Yeah, and so structured and regimented and, and just forced to march along that this, other, this schedule that for some reason some people at some point in time figured out that this is when we do things. Well, like why? Mm-hmm. You know, why not this? Well, look at what you have inspired. Look at this. Who knows what, <laughs> what will happen in the future where somebody heard a podcast with some... Crazy person suggesting that Talking surgeries about don't have staining to start it. a
0: deck for fun, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and staining a deck for fun. Well, On that note, Dr. Gabriela Cantorero, thank you so much for sharing your your personal experiences and your personal hints for helping us think about ways to recharge ourselves and to be more productive and to enjoy our lives. And um, I just really appreciate you taking the time. This has been really inspiring to me. And I I love these conversations. And um, I hope you out there listening to the podcast have also enjoyed listening to Dr. Canteraro. Till next time, everybody. Take care. Thanks, Gabriella. Yeah, thanks for having me.